You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. I'm your host today, Rish. You can catch me on Twitter at FF underscore Rish. Jetpack's with us as well today. Jetpack, how was the draft for you? I thought it went pretty well. Um, my Niners were a little bit confusing, I think, and um, but I, I'm not upset with the picks they made. I, and I think at the end of the day, picking up Trent Williams uh, is, is fantastic. You know, That's you're huge. trying to make a Super Bowl run. Um, your Hall of Fame tackle, Joe Staley, is retiring. And thanks to Joe Staley for just an awesome career and being an awesome dude and awesome leader on the team. Um, but then, you know, John Lynch made a great move. And Trent. So, how, big deal there. How typical Niners was the Brandon Ayuk pick? Kind of cl- like classic Shanahan. <laughs> to, That's the most Shanahan pick you could make. <laughs> absolutely. I think he grades players so weirdly. And we'll all have an idea of, you know, everybody has CeeDee Lamb number one. It's so interesting to see how, how far he fell um, just in terms yeah. of, you know, where everybody, you know, how everybody values him. And I think there's something to be said about the big 12 and the, you know, the success that's come out of there for receivers and kind of why I think big 12 guys will fall a little bit further. And you saw that pretty consistently, like Mims, same kind of deal um, that NFL teams love um, championship caliber programs. And not that Oklahoma wasn't great, but um, you know, it's just like, Alabama and Clemson wideouts are always valued really highly. Um, but yeah, as far as Ayuk went, um, I, I'm not surprised. I think there was an interesting amount of like weird hype for him to be a first rounder. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, he didn't really do anything until his senior year. And we all know about senior year players and, and their success is pretty poor. But um, I think from a tools standpoint and a trait standpoint, he's, He's, he's pretty talented. Um, so I'm definitely excited to have him on the team. I'm excited to see the way that Shanahan will use him. And I'm a big traits guy. I don't really care too much about um, all the other stuff that goes into it. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely an interesting one. To have him at the top of your wide receiver board, I think is a unique <laughs> way of looking oh, at yeah. the game. It's, it's very typical of the Niners because they get the utility guys and then ask them to do everything. You know, like they don't have they don't have a typical wide receiver one on like they don't have that typical alpha wide receiver prototype on their roster. Uh, if they had it, it was kind of Emmanuel Sanders, but he's gone now. Um, so it's like you have you have all of these pieces that are um, that are just utility guys. So Debo's running the ball, Debo's um, catching screen passes, Debo's catching passes downfield. Same thing with Kittle. Kittle's doing all of those things. You got uh, now Ayuk to do essentially all the same stuff, right? They have they have a bunch of different versions of the same guy. Like Kittle and Debo are very similar players, just different positions and different builds. And like the, <laughs> what you know, yeah. what they do with the ball and and their yak and all of that. And that's the guy that Shanahan likes. So if if Shanahan likes a guy and wants to use him like that, I'm moving him up my draft board because. Um, I know that he's going to get usage right away and they're going to find ways to get the ball in his hands. So uh, I jumped the most for me, but um, yeah, they, they had a, had a good draft. I, I liked, they traded back once. Um, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. They, oh. they traded out 13 and picked up a, picked up some picks. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So I liked, I liked their draft overall. Um, Bears had a really interesting one. Not agree with their first pick. But um, at the end of the day, you can't you can't be too mad because they got they got a very good player. Um, I just didn't think it fit their team needs. Um, oh, so they, who did they draft? They drafted Cole Kmet. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh no. A good player. I'm not. I'm not mad with value. I'm not mad with the pick necessarily. But their offensive line is so atrocious, and there were so many good offensive linemen on the board that to take a tight end there felt like not the right decision. Um, wow. What a joke. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was a Nagy <laughs> pick. I don't know if, if Nagy was like, Hey, no, we need this guy. Um, 
So no. I'm unsure on that one. But uh, now the Bears, with their undrafted free agents, the Bears have 11 tight ends on their roster, which is, I mean, I, I don't know why you would need 11 tight ends on your roster. Um, you need 11 Colt, starters. Right. You could, you could start every single <laughs> tight end. And, yeah. Um, so they got, they got uh, Cole Komet, Demetrius Harris they signed this, this offseason. Um, they signed Jimmy Graham. And they have Adam Shaheen, who they drafted a couple of years ago, and then just like a handful of guys that didn't really produce. Uh, Jesper Horstead. Oh my uh, gosh! Right, like some deep, deep guys. This, this guy that I actually played in a flag football game with um, is is one of their tight ends. We we played safety. I played corner in the flag football uh, game, which was which was fun back at, when he was at Drake. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, like that, that tight end room is massive. Uh, but don't don't understand that pick. I liked their second pick, Jalen Johnson, a uh, corner from Utah. He's banged up a little bit, and so he dropped down some boards, but he's a, a great press corner, um, very physical. He's pretty much exactly what you wanted from uh, Prince of Mukamara, and so they, they picked the exact same guy, um, essentially, uh, an aggressive, run-stopping press man corner. Um, Prince is just old, so... Overall, I liked it. They got a, a, a couple good guys late. Darnell Mooney um, was a guy that I, I liked pretty much as a, a Taylor Gabriel replacement. Um, and then Kendall Vindor, uh, who actually played really well against Clemson. I think he didn't maybe allowed one catch against Clemson and had an interception. So that was that was cool to see. He played well against the good competition. Uh, yeah. Overall, confusing. I think there were some team needs that that were not met, but oh well, we'll see how you know, we'll see how it pans out. You know what I think got me was how stupid NFL teams are. <laughs> and yeah, oh my like gosh. no, like legitimately, fans know better. I, I really do believe that because yeah, everybody watches the game and has an idea of what you know they think is right. And if it's kind of like when you're managing your own thing, you don't see the whole picture and if you're too close to it then there are so many opportunities where you can look at a roster and be like no you don't need that it's very obvious yeah what what could possibly could be wrong with you to make you say you know this or that and so much of it is tied to ego or so much of it is tied to politics i'm sure and you know if i was in that situation i'm not sure that i wouldn't make the same mistakes but there are so many times where other people know the answer. Like we know right. the answer and like you guys clearly aren't doing it right. Like right. what's anybody, the, what's that term? What's the term for like trusting the, the masses, you know, like the, just the popular opinion is, is likely the correct one. Yeah. I, 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 I would love to, to look back at mock drafts or look back at consensus rankings and compare them to the way that, you know, the NFL really drafted and see, you know, how much better um, is Teams the NFL? Uh, you know, like, yeah. yeah. So to me, the whole thing is very interesting. Um, yeah. Just to get, again, through another draft and all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But really fascinating. It, was, it was fun nonetheless. We have a lot of really great landing spots. And I'm very excited about this wide receiver class. The running back class, um, on the surface, see some split backfields but there's potential with this star power in this class to take over uh some of these um some of these backfields just straight up so i'm excited about the uh the running back landing spots i'm excited about the wide receiver landing spots um don't really care about the tight ends much at all there i think was it adam troutman was probably the only one that got the landing spot i'm interested in maybe chase claypool if you want to consider him a tight end but um, but yeah, the the running backs and wide receivers are going to be fun this year, and the first and second rounds are going to be just riddled with awesome talent. So very very excited for these rookie drafts. Um, before we get into the winners and losers, who what team won? Like before we get into the positions and and the actual players, what teams do you think had the best draft? Uh, I thought the Bucks drafted really well. Um, yeah. Picking up Worf was huge. They need to obviously take care of Tom and then they picked up Vaughn too. And I just think overall they had a pretty, pretty bounced draft and, and filled holes that they needed to fill because they're ready to contend. And we can look at this draft and say, 
you guys got some studs um, or you got some guys that are going to be able to contribute early. Um, and that's going to be huge because, you know, your Super Bowl window is open now. It's open for two or three years. Um, you know, it's quite the opportunity. So I, I thought they did a good job seizing, seizing um, the chance they had. I thought the uh, Vikings furiously, like, and, and I'm just, I'm just so livid that the Vikings had such a good draft. They drafted two very good defensive backs. They drafted uh, a really good wide receiver. I actually, um, I really liked the Nate Stanley pick at the end of the draft. Uh, I, th- I think he was, um, I was a little bit higher on him. So he, they have a great backup for Kirk Cousins now. If anything happens, um, and drafted defensive line. So I, I thought they had a very good draft and I loved the skill positions they got. They got my, uh, I think number six and number two cornerbacks. Uh, so they were, uh, they, they crushed it uh, with their skill positions. And I think Justin Jefferson, I had it at four for wide receivers. So, so as far as um, that goes, I thought they had a, a great draft. Very frustrating as a bears fan because um, they just, they had a way better draft than the bears, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to some winners and losers from, uh, a player standpoint. When, when we're looking at these rookies first, cause I think there are a couple guys that won, uh, that are, that are current players of the rookies. Who do you think had the biggest in, um, overall, we have a little bit of a list there, um, on that show sheet who, which one rookie do you think had the single biggest win in their landing spot and draft cap? I would say probably Michael Pittman um, because he, his range was anywhere from, you know, third round pick to early second. And, and he ended up going to the, the Colts. And I think that's a great spot for him. Um, as far as like how you're going to pair with Phillip rivers. And I know Phil's on his last legs and all that kind of stuff, but he's a great fit for that offense and he can immediately start right away. Um, I don't think that, um, Zach Pascal, I, I mean, we like Zach Pascal, generally speaking, but I don't think that he's going to give him much competition. Um, and I think Michael Pittman can come in and be a Vincent Jackson type of player. Um, it's tempting to maybe compare him to Mike Williams and that kind of stuff because that's more recent. But I think when I watch Michael Pittman play, I think of Vincent Jackson. I think of the way that he moves and I think of the way that um, he can attack downfield. And uh, so I think that's a great spot for him. Um, Combine-wise, he compared a little bit to Cortland Sutton. And if you look at their numbers, they'll, they're pretty much identical. Um, and so he's a bigger guy who's agile and quick, um, at least combine wise. Um, but then on the field, he gives you a little bit of juice after the catch for a guy that's, you know, huge. Um, and so that's, that's exciting to see. And I think he's a really good fit and he can have an immediate impact. And I think, um, he'll fit in right away with, with TY and Paris. I think, um, he's never going to draw the number one corner either like that's always going to be ty and rightfully so and so that just opens up the door for him a little bit more um if he's that big i know jack doyle's uh gotten some hype this off season um because philip rivers likes throwing to the the tight end but he could be that big red zone target for him you know like that could be that could be michael Pittman is go go win the ball in the in the red zone um beat a guy one-on-one in the red zone and phil's just going to feed you the ball so this could be uh, a, a touchdown machine for uh the colts and uh i i really like the the pick there too um he's a guy that i didn't have ranked as highly i mean like he's he's I, I liked him but um seeing him go in the second round, seeing the landing spot and kind of that long-term outlook. I, I, I really like him. He bumped up quite a bit in my rankings. Um, and I think he'll also be a, a draft day value. You know, he's not going to go till mid second round likely. And I think that's, that's awesome. So Michael Pittman definitely won. Um, and you can win a lot with Michael Pittman uh, on your roster. The other guy, I think won like crazy is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Right? The the first only first round running back and you land on the Chiefs. And if you watch some interviews, uh they asked Patrick Mahomes, they're like, what running back should we take? They already knew they were want to take Clyde and, and Pat's like, get me Clyde. And so hearing that the quarterback wants this guy and like you already know that the quarterback likes him, that's a huge win. Um they have Damian Williams there. Uh 
but he's injury prone and uh, gets banged up literally every year. hasn't hasn't finished a healthy season um, in a while, and so there may be a little bit of competition right away. But I think you're looking at a Kareem Hunt type thing where. Okay, he's got good draft cap. He might not start the first game, but he's going to get a majority of the touches. He he could be a thousand yard rusher, six hundred, five hundred yard receiving back. You know, like like that. This is this guy landed in the perfect spot, best pass catching back in this draft, or a top three pass catching back in this draft, and um, just fits perfectly in that offense. So so Clyde comes from a lot of people's running back five probably um, all the way up to running back one or two. And he was just a huge winner in the draft. I, I, um, I don't know if a ton of people projected him to be the number one running back off the board, but I know uh, our guy, Nick Pentakoff, he, proje- he uh, predicted it in our FF astronauts mock draft. So um, we did see that that was a possibility and, and just a beautiful landing spot. Right, where do you have him ranked as your uh, running back one? I know we'll get into that later, but did he make it all the way up to RB one for you? He did. He's right there. I, I you know, I, I'm going to flip back and forth 20 times uh, with him and, okay. and Taylor, but yeah, right now, right, right now I got him at one. So love it. Some, some other guys that, that were big winners. Um, and I'll let you dive into to one or two of these guys. Uh, Justin Jefferson, first round to the Vikings. Jalen Rager, uh, first round to the Eagles. Henry Ruggs, uh, the speed just kills, and he was the first wide receiver off the board. Um, Brandon Ayuk, we already talked about him a little bit. And then um, the sneaky winners from this draft as far as vets were uh, Jordan Howard. Um, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, both of them won uh, because Matt Breida got traded to the Dolphins. And then um, Rashad Perriman, also a, a pretty good winner. Um, I know that they drafted Denzel Mims, but that was later. And so, you know, they, they, they didn't spend the first round draft capital on a, a wide receiver like they, we thought they would. Um, out of those guys, which ones are you most excited about for fantasy football? Uh, I have Rager at wide receiver one. Um, I think going to the Eagles was a great spot for him, a great fit. And it's going to be just about how quick he can pick up, you know, real NFL game, but I, he's so versatile. And I, I love that. Um, and I really value that in terms of fantasy, like you don't need to be a nuanced, talented, specific, you know, like skilled receiver. When you come in, um, you can be a Debo Samuel or you can be an AJ Brown. And if you are a baller, you can contribute right away. If you're ready to game and you're, you know, and, and rigor is, then you can contribute right away. You don't need to be refined, um, or anything like that. So, I'm I'm most excited about him. He's moved up to my wide receiver one. I love the pairing with Wentz um, and Jalen Hurts apparently. So uh, I think that's a yeah. good good spot for him for sure. Uh, with with um, Jefferson, I think he he found one of the more comfortable fits um, comparing him to uh, C.D. Lamb with the Cowboys and Jerry Judy with the Broncos um, because of Thielen's age. I think people kind of attach. Um, dealing to kind of getting ready towards towards his end of his career, and so Justin Jefferson eventually has that kind of like, oh, this guy could be the one um, going in the future, where you don't feel that same way about Amari Cooper, and you don't feel that same way about Cortland Sutton, and so right. Justin Jefferson is in a is in a good spot for sure, um, and I, yeah, he he can feel an immediate impact, so um, he's definitely a guy to like. They're playing in a dome, but I, I think my number one winner is going to be Baker Mayfield. I know we just want to talk Ooh, about rookies, yeah. but my number one winner and stop me if you, <laughs> I mean, you've, you've heard this before, right? We, I mm-hmm. fell into it so bad last yeah. season in, in 2019, but I love what the Browns did. And so going out and grabbing Jack Conklin and then going and taking uh, Jedrick Wills, uh, the offensive tackle out of Alabama that, I mean, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. Every single weapon for Baker Mayfield is a pro bowler. Like you can, you can throw a water balloon on the offensive huddle and you will hit half of them will be hall of famers. I think. Right. <laughs> um, in the, like, and so there's something, there's something special. They have everything that they need. They have an offensive coordinator who is not an idiot. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's wheels up for this Browns offense and, and uh, I'm not scared to say it. I'm knowing fully well what it is to be burned. I'm not scared to say uh, 2020 Cleveland Browns are going to be hot fire. So um, big fan of what they're doing there. 
the uh, I, I'm totally with you there. It's what's interesting is they've had uh, with with Kevin Stefanski coaching um, with the Vikings. They had a season under him where they had uh, uh, two two top wide receivers. I think a, a like wide receiver eight or nine and wide receiver 12 and uh half point PPR. And you're, you're looking at a, a pairing with Odell and Jarvis, where you could have two great wide receivers, two great seasons. Along with that, they had a top five quarterback and uh, uh, like a, the number eight tight end. So they have all of those pieces now with Hooper. Um, it's insane. Right. Like they're, they're running <laughs> back. nuts. <laughs> Running backs are, are crazy, so that, that whole offense is going to be great. And I think you're getting – I think that with the stigma of last year, you're going to get Jarvis and Odell at a discount as well. Um, but I think they I think they win this offseason, not necessarily the draft, but I think they're also winners in this offseason. So, um, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Baker Mayfield won like crazy. If he doesn't have a good year, that's, that's a really, really hard – um, oh, just cut bounce him. Back him <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. If he doesn't have a good year, you um, cut him. <laughs> like, yeah, it just just rough. But I mean, my goodness, they have they have two of like the top seven running backs in the NFL. Right, like just crazy. <laughs> Odell's just, the best. Just, I think Odell is as good as anybody else. And, yeah, I think you know, I think there's you'd no, be hard pressed to find a a guy better than Odell. Like clearly yeah. better than Odell. Yeah, no, they're yeah they're gonna be great. They're, yeah, they're going to be really good. Um, and they beefed up the defense too this offseason. So it's yeah. not like they just focused on the offensive side of the ball. They, they're yeah. going to be a good team. Um, no, I, I remember last year I was like, you know, name a team that's more talented than the Browns. <laughs> and and, then, and yeah, obviously they sucked. But this team's better. They're more talented. They got better. The 2020 yeah. Cleveland Browns are more talented. So <laughs> I, I'm excited. Being a non-Browns fan, I'm, I'm excited for the yeah. Browns. So. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Brown Town, baby. Um, I think I think for me, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida were uh, were good winners for me. Um, I want to talk a lot about rookies, but there was there were so many mock drafts I saw. The Dolphins were projected to take a running back, and they did not. And yeah. Jordan Howard, um, Jordan Howard's a, a good running back. He's a Pro Bowl running back, um, and so like that's a guy that behind a, a better offensive line with a better with a better offense, which they did beef up their offensive line. That's a guy that I want. Um Matt Breida, same thing. He's he's explosive. He's a great running back. And I think both of them have done well in timeshares. Uh you saw Jordan Howard with Tariq Cohen and and they both produced well. Um same thing with Matt Breida. Matt Breida was was uh paired with Tevin Coleman and uh Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida still produced well when he wasn't injured. So both of those guys, I think, are going to be really, re- relatively cheap come draft day, and um, and I'm confident in both of them. You know, I'll take whichever one's cheaper in the draft and be really, really happy with my RB three or RB four. You know, um, so I thought both of them were winners, and then uh, I thought Henry Ruggs was a winner because, like, he could have been. I mean, he was the first wide receiver off the board. Uh, but he could very well have gotten pushed out of the first round um, because people got burned. The, the Bengals got burned by John Ross and, and um, a Raiders pick to, to take him to not take the best wide receivers in the class. Uh, but I'm really hoping that they use him in that yak role where they get him, they get the ball in his hands just a ton and let him make plays uh, with his speed. So I thought, I thought Henry Ruggs good winner he's not just a deep uh deep threat which i think would be terrible if he was um that that kind of uh just deep speed guy it'd be terrible you saw how well tyrell williams did uh with Derek Carr as his quarterback and it's not well so uh having someone that you can just have um on timing routes will be really great for Derek carr and i think henry ruggs is that guy um great hands great speed and uh an offense that's pretty depleted with wide receivers. Uh, I know they drafted Brian Edwards later, um, but I think Henry Ruggs was a, a big winner going number one. And I think uh, that probably bumped him up um, draft boards as far as fantasy football, because uh, draft cap is, is pretty, pretty good as far as a, a metric goes for uh, predicting success. So 
Henry Ruggs has has everything that you'd want there in that uh, in that uh, all the stats, all the uh, all the speed and and draft cap, and I think he did uh, really well in this draft. Um, Eric Carr also a sneaky winner, right? They got uh, they got Lynn Bowden, they got Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, so they just surrounded him with weapons um, or Marcus Mariota, whichever one you think is going to start. So uh, I thought I thought. Those are those are some of my winners, some vets, some uh, some rookies, um, but but overall, a really great. Like there are so many guys that just landed in the perfect spot, right? Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like Michael Pittman, Pittman, Brandon Ayuk. All these guys landed in the absolute best landing spot for them, and so you're, you're looking at guys that are going to produce fantasy wise and that are going to. Um, have success because we, we couldn't like they're at their ceiling of landing spot. And, um, and I love that. And so this, this draft was really exciting for me. Um, let me say we get into some fantasy football or some, some losers from the draft rather. While we're gushing about terrible franchises that are turning it around, I I'm okay with talking about Miami. I think that they're definitely an interesting team to watch and, Stock up Brian Flores and Chris Greer for the way that they ran the draft, and I, you know, I, they they impressed me. I think picking up two is huge, obviously. Um, and then you were talking about how a lot of people were mocking them a running back early in the first round, um, just to fill a spot. And I think it was a really smart decision to not do that and to go with a cornerback. And so, um, the their team build and their roster build is is really interesting on the back end of that defense uh, with Xavier uh, Howard, who's a pro bowler and Byron Jones, who's a pro bowler. And then this new kid, Noah, um, I, I mean, they're, they're really monogamy. Yeah. They, I, yeah. <laughs> they're, I think they're going to be pretty competitive. So I love, I love Ig monogamy. He, he, yeah. uh, he actually didn't play. He was a wide receiver. He didn't play corner until recently, but he's an athletic freak and he is, phenomenal and man they're gonna put him uh in the slot and i see him just locking people up all day um and, and blitzing like crazy that's gonna be a really fun defense to watch yeah so i mean the way that they're built feels a little bit of buffalo bills to me right where you still got significant enough holes but your quarterback is a gamer regardless of what you think about josh allen to attack of is a gamer Right. And then you've built up the back end of the defense enough to where you can you can hang in games um, late. And, and, you know, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, those are interesting guys um, to have as right. weapons. So um, I, I like that they understand the running back by committee is going to work just fine. And everybody else is spending second round picks like Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers in order to build your running back core of guys that you want to split time with. You can do the same thing with fifth round picks and get really pretty much the same production. Jordan Howard and Matt Breed are very talented backs. And so yeah. um, I just from the way that you want to see a franchise turn around, if you're a Dolphins fan, you got to be pretty excited. And, you know, tanking sucks and all that kind of stuff. But they won at the end of the 2019 right. season. They told the guys, we we want you to win. So right. <laughs> the mentality is there. Yeah. Um, so oh, I, yeah. yeah I like Love that. the coaches. So let's get into yeah. some of the players that, that lost. Uh, or that dropped down the boards because of their landing spots. Who are, who was your biggest fantasy football loser? The one that hurts the most, I think, is DeAndre Swift. And oh. some people are having him at RB one, but the Lions is going to scare going to Detroit. It's going to scare a lot of people off. Um, to pair him with Carryon Johnson um, and Ty Johnson, and to get into that gross backfield situation, you know, we're all so hurt and scarred. Um, from wanting carry on to break out and then just seeing even when he was healthy that he got nothing. Um, right. And that's the big fear. And to lose a guy um, as talented as DeAndre Swift to <laughs> the Lions um, is, is pretty upsetting. So um, he's, he's the biggest loser, um, in my opinion. Um, I have him behind Keyshawn Vaughn right now um, at RBC. Really? Yeah, so he, he fell quite a bit because, um, you know, I, like the, the idea – of the Lions running back is fantastic, right? In a dome, you know, you're going to spread it out. Daryl Bevel knows what it is to, to ride a bell cow um, with Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson as former right. running backs of his. But, you know, the, just they're not going to do it. 
I don't think that we can trust it after seeing what we saw last season. So um, I'm I'm emotionally wounded by the Detroit Lions, unlike the way that I feel about the Cleveland Browns. And and to me, yeah. that drops DeAndre Swift a pretty significant amount. Yeah, the, the night the only positive that I can see in that landing spot is that it it's going to kill his draft cap. You know, and so now you sure. can you can get a very talented running back, someone that's uh, someone some people had as their running back one. You can get him as the RB five or six. Right. You know, so like people are going to draft Cam Akers ahead of him, like, and like I'm I'm okay with that, but that just means that I can get DeAndre Swift at the back end of the first, and if that's where my pick is, if if it's it's between him and like Jerry Judy, and both of them are are guys that I'm like, ah, well, it's, it's pretty toss up. I might I might go running back if I need it, and like, that's a great value. You, you would not have dreamed of getting DeAndre Swift at like pick 108 before and now that's a reality and so i think that's the that's the only benefit and that's the only upside like maybe you you wait a year um and they go running back by committee for a year uh but i, I think carry on the writing's on the wall for carry on um he's he's just too injured and um and can't can't stay on the field so that's the biggest problem with him and um I think DeAndre Swift eventually has a great landing spot, but I think it's going to take a year or two for it to materialize. You got the if you got the 108 to the or the 109, you had a good team, and so you don't need that running back production right away, likely. Yeah, it's like, will DeAndre Swift see goal line touches? Probably not. Right. It, they got like, Bo Scarborough there. They got, yeah, they got Bo there. I don't know if he'll make the team, but you know, Carryon's going to be the guy that they'll they'll put on the goal line over over swift and so you know you're just kind of it's whatever right anybody in the backfield can stand on third down and so like while we love swift and we love his talent as a receiver um you just don't know and not knowing is you know way worse (laughs) (laughs) than what you're gonna get with Keyshawn vaughn competing with ronald jones that to me is a lot i enjoy that idea a lot more um than i do you know having to fight carry on so Absolutely. It's, it's an inefficient run game and now it's a running back by committee in an inefficient run game. I'm pretty far out unless the value's there. Um, on the flip side, I love the wide receivers for this year, big on Kenny Galladay for this year. Um, so that's, that's, it's going to be a good passing offense because I think it's not going to be a good running offense. Um, how about real quick, just to just to LOL at the Packers, Jordan Love in the first round. Oh my round. gosh! What the a pile Packers, of hot trash! Oh. The Packers are a worse franchise than the Bears. That is the the most disgusting and egregious mistake I've ever seen in any draft of all time. Like yeah, they tried, if, if you, they tried to trade up for a wide receiver, but uh, then they're uh, just like, oh, let's get Jordan Love. Uh, a disaster, and then and then to not fix your mistake or to not help at all in the rest of the draft is absurd. And so everybody's already said, Oh, they didn't take a receiver in a historic draft class. Like, yeah, I get it. But I mean, this is so like when you're missing on Jamarcus Russell or when you're missing on Ryan leaf, or when you're up there missing on Mitch Trubisky, you have to take that shot and a miss is a miss, right? Right. When you're in the back of the first round coming off of an NFC championship appearance with a Hall of Fame quarterback who's probably got four to five years left of, of playing time in his right. career, and you have a, a Super Bowl window, a legitimate Super Bowl window, and you draft his backup, I, I, I don't think that there could be a more franchise-destroying move than what yeah. they did. And, and it's just terrible. silly, ridiculous. Terrible, um, terrible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope that the soap opera that, that that has been surrounding Aaron Rodgers that that continues um, just for my own entertainment. And I think yeah. if, if I'm, if I'm John Lynch or I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm saying, Hey, let's, let's consider going out and getting Aaron Rodgers, seeing what we can do yeah. to bring him back home. Um, because that would be a very interesting pairing. I don't know if they'd be willing to do that because we're in the NFC with them, but um, he can't be happy. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's just, that's just a huge mistake by them. Um, very, I'm very happy that they made that mistake though, because <laughs> like, imagine, imagine if they had drafted like Denzel Mims or, or Brian Edwards or someone like that, you know, it's like, Oh, well now they're even better. And oh, so crap. now yeah, they're like, Oh crap. <laughs> Who's going to stop exactly them? the same, if not worse, because 
they just drafted a backup for three years. Yeah. So well, like, it is. He's not even good. That's the problem. Right. It's like right. okay, if if they went and got Tua, you'd be like, yeah. oh okay. I mean, they Justin at least they secured they secured the future. But yeah. this guy is Jordan Love is not good. He's uh, he's got so much growth to do, and I don't want to say he's going to be bad for his entire career or anything like that. But what he did last season was miserable. Yeah. He wasn't even close to being anything like an NFL quarterback, and everything is about arm talent or whatever and so like i i I think he's paxton lynch i think you went and you screwed your franchise to go and get paxton lynch and uh, it couldn't be anything worse yeah terrible um but also very very happy with that um about cd lamb that's that's one that i'm pretty disappointed on well uh i think he's a better wide receiver than um michael gallup and I think he's probably in that Amari Cooper tier of wide receivers talent-wise. Um, that was just a terrible landing spot for him fantasy-wise. Offensively, the the Cowboys are going to be sick, right? That's yeah. That's that's equally as talented as the Browns' talent, like uh, weapons-wise. You know, um, Amari, Amari, CD, Zeke, Gallup. Like that's that's such a good that's such a good uh, group of weapons with Dak. Um, well, very excited to see the the high powered offense, but it's gonna be it's very questionable. It's shaky, um, and so I think CD Lamb, while he was in a tier by himself for me, now I have him where it's like, okay, I could I could flip flop him with Jalen Rager. I could I could totally draft Jalen Rager first if I'm feeling if I'm feeling uh, like an Eagles fan that day. Um, so so for me that was really disappointing. Um. But I mean, I, he's still. I still have him as the wide receiver one right now because uh, I, I put too much emphasis on landing spot last year and uh, got burned by it a little bit. And so this year, um, this year I'm saying, all right, I'm gonna wait it, just not as much. And so CD Lamb, I'm gonna take your talent all day and just uh, pray that you beat out Michael Gallup significantly, um, or that Dak throws for six thousand yards. <laughs> uh, one, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think, that's, but yeah, yeah. I I think CD will start right away over a Gallup. Um, I don't. I mean, we're all believing in the talent, right? So there's right. no reason that Michael Gallup, a former fourth round pick and a, a decent receiver, um, has any, you know, ability to stand in the same room with CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. Um, in that sense, but yeah, I, you know, it could be one of those things where CD always works off of the second cornerback. And he ends up having better stats than Amari Cooper. And I don't think Could that's be. out of the question. So, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things where, okay, it's not what I wanted as far as volume goes, but it could be what I want in terms of efficiency or, or matchup potential. So, um, like, definitely going to be a DFS-like superstar. Every yeah. week I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, it's CD Lamb's week. <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, the other thing, too, that stands out to me is um, – to see all these weapons fill up these rosters is exciting. The yeah. Cowboys are so freaking loaded. The Broncos went out and grabbed, you know, a bunch of guys. And the Raiders went and did the same thing. And so now everybody's just like loaded across the board. And we're seeing the Kansas City Chiefs effect. Everybody needing to load up on offense, needing to keep up right. with them. Um, and that's an exciting time just as a fan. Um, we're going to see yeah. a big offensive explosion. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Love um, the lamp pick from a, a Cowboys standpoint. Right. But hate it for not, not hate it. It's not, I would have preferred so many other it's not spots for him. Yeah. No. Yeah. Would have preferred so many other spots for him. Um, a couple other, a couple other losers, the Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, both of them kind of lost. Although we've seen Devin Singletary in a running back by committee, uh, Zach Moss had some good potential there. Devin Singletary had some good potential, uh, but you know that's that they're just going to eat into each other a little bit. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, not not loving that, especially with a running quarterback. So, um, those are some losers. Brian Edwards, a lot of people. He was drafted in the third round, so not terrible, but um, a lot of people had him super super high, and for him to be a third round wide receiver when you see some of these other guys. 
uh, getting drafted in the second, uh, I thought he he lost out a little bit. Granted, I think his landing spot's decent. Um, and so I'm still willing to take him, but I think that knocked down his uh, his, his draft cap quite a bit in your fantasy leagues because that's that's not where you wanted to see him land. Up, uh, and and that's becoming with the with the number of uh, players, number of wide receivers they drafted, and not having a, an efficient passing offense. Don't love to see it. And my biggest loser, and I'm very very sad about this one, Anthony Gordon. Undrafted. <laughs> yeah. You were Un- so hard on for him. Oh dude. I still love him. Undrafted. Yeah. Uh lands with the Seahawks. I think he'll make the team. He'll be he'll be Russ's backup. Oh boy. Uh, but oh man, that was just something that like well, <laughs> put him in the right spot and, and he's he's a two year uh two years and he's your guy. And I mean I don't hate that he's learning from Russell Wilson. I think he'll develop well. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm not going to draft him at all anywhere. No, and before, yeah. before I've done mock drafts where I've seen him go in the the early third round, right of rookie drafts, and it's like, well, pop <laughs> him off the face of the earth. Yeah, I think that's one of those things again where it's about conference level competition. Yeah, uh, you know, like only one year of production. Yeah, I mean, nobody cares if you put up big numbers at Washington State. Yeah. Um. You know, so yeah, it's uh, it was pretty funny. Um, I was I was very sad, very very sad about that. But you know what? We're gonna move on. Yeah, don't need to talk about him anymore. He's irrelevant, and he'll never yeah. you'll never hear about him again. So, um, let's let's move into uh, some values here real quick, and then we'll get into our top five receivers and running backs for the rookie class. Um. Who do you think are some some good values that you think maybe you can get end of the second round, uh, early to mid third round that that you think have a, a legit shot of producing in year one? Well, you you talked about being bummed about Brian Edwards' uh, spot. I love it. Um, I think he can come in and he can compete for the wide receiver one position. And I'm a Henry Ruggs fan, um, and I will I have Henry Ruggs in my top five. And I know a lot of people aren't are scared to do that. Um, but I still like Brian Edwards a lot. And I don't think that they'll take away from each other at all. I don't think they clash on the field or compete for roles at all. And Brian Edwards is fantastic. Uh, Devonta Smith to Henry Ruggs. Um, and, you know, what he can do as far as talent goes, you know, when they're, when they're looking at him, they're, you know, Gruden, I think it was Gruden. He said, this is Terrell Owens kind of guy. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's as high praise as you can get. Um, from a coach that you know knows what he's doing so um brian edwards for me i'm i would love to to have fall to me in the second round um i think he's going to be a big value for a lot of guys moving forward the question is just you know okay i don't believe in Derek carr and i don't believe in marcus mariota um you know and what they're able to do but that doesn't mean that they're going to restrict fantasy value and if they do this year then they're gone next year um, right. and, and you know that. So at the most, you have a one-year waiting period, which is what you're thinking um, for receivers anyways. So um, love Brian Edwards in the second round. I think that's a great spot to get him. Definitely a first-round talent in my book and any other class. Right. And I think that's more what I was getting after is he lost in the NFL draft, but now people people weight draft capital so much um, that I think Brian Edwards is now going to be a, a great value, and I'm hoping to end up with him uh, mid second round when before he could have gone had he gotten drafted early he'd be a late first um you know and now you can probably get him mid to late second round and and that feels very very comfortable for me for a guy that could come in and produce right away so I, i'll hopefully be ending up with a lot of brian edwards this year um i think the two guys uh well yeah two guys that i really like um for year one production that I think you can get uh, again, mid mid to late second round, early third round um, for like immediate production is uh, DJ Dallas and Joshua Kelly. So uh, DJ Dallas got drafted by the Seahawks. Joshua Kelly got drafted by the Chargers. And I, I love both of those spots. And I'll let you talk a little bit about DJ um, because you said he's the second coming of CJ Procise or our, our CJ Procise redemption. Um, but, but I think when you're looking at the chargers backfield, 
Joshua Kelly is competing with Justin Jackson and uh, Austin Eckler is the clear running back one there, but we've seen the RB2 average 12 points a game, 13 points a game. And so <clears throat> with Justin Jackson having some injury issues in the past, uh, I think Joshua Kelly is in a prime spot to take that RB2 role in the Chargers and average 10, 10 to 12 points a game uh, once he takes that over. Like that is totally within his range of outcomes and is an absolute steal. I have him as my running back six um, because I believe in him. So it's, yeah, I think like ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn for me. Um, so I think Joshua Kelly's incredible. And uh, DJ Dallas is a really interesting guy. Great pass catching uh, running back. He's like six foot two twenty, just big, big dude, but got incredible hands. Um, and with the running back that uh, Seattle has getting banged up all the time and them being a run first offense, I love that landing spot for DJ Dallas. Uh, do you want to talk about him for a sec? Yeah. So I mean, the deal with DJ is like ProSize, he used to play receiver. Um, and that's kind of the same uh, excitement that you're going to have about him. And if you remember, like, see, I don't know if it was his first year or his second year, but he ProSize had that like 70 yard run against the, the Patriots. And it was like, yeah. who the heck is this guy? Um, and everybody got so excited. And he was like right. on everybody's sleeper list for like three years in a row. Um, but he was right. always hurt. He broke his shoulder blade one time. You know, I think if you break your shoulder blade in the NFL, you never make it. Like Dante Moncrief broke his shoulder blade. That's so interesting. Kevin White broke his shoulder blade. I'm pretty sure it's like such a yeah. weird injury that, like, if you do it, you probably got some injury issues. At least I don't know. There's something there, but uh, yeah, I think uh, DJ Dallas can fill that kind of CJ Procise role, which we know has value outside of the two down pounder. Um, that Chris Carson is and that Rashad Penny kind of wants to mix up in. Um, DJ Dallas is can be that like versatile third guy. Um, and so he's interesting. And, and you know, it's it's going to be more about, okay, looking at ahead on the depth chart, I have an ACL tear and I've got a hip fracture. Um, DJ Dallas can come in and he can find reps. If any of those guys get hurt, you know, he can get on the field. And um, comparison-wise, I think if you're comparing him against Travis Homer, I think that's an interesting challenge. I'm not convinced necessarily that he's going to win the job outright um but you can see the upside and you can feel um a little bit of uh at least the the value there and and they went out and they spent a fourth round pick so you know um they see it too um so it'll be one of those things where you feel it out closer to camp hopefully if we have camp and all that but if you feel it out and you see oh dj dallas rb3 like then you can grab him as a sleeper i think he's a he's a good pick there um with uh with uh, Josh Kelly, I think part of the deal there is um, he's bigger than Justin Jackson, and so he can like he can be the the hammer two down back that I don't think Justin Jackson can be. Justin is a backup player um, that can mix it in and and is talented and do a lot of things, but Josh Kelly can be a workhorse, and and so pairing him with Austin Eckler I think is a better fit um, and. You know, the, the sky's the limit, I think, for uh, Josh Kelly if anything happens to Austin Eckler in terms of health. And, you know, that's really the question with all of these running back situations is, okay, well, who's going to stay healthy? And do I have a guy who can handcuff another guy, right? Um, and while he's handcuffing him, does he have some sort of role? Josh Kelly's an easy fit for that. Um, so his value is fantastic. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, so some other guys on the list, Lynn Bowden. Uh, with the Raiders, he's he's going to be a good value. They have him listed as a running back, which is exciting. Um, Anthony McFarland, you know, James Conner has some, had some injury issues, uh, so Anthony McFarland could be uh, could be an exciting option. I don't know he's that he will winner. win. I don't know that he will win that job, that RB two job outright in uh, in Pittsburgh, but because they do have Benny Snell there and uh, and what's his face, the converted tight end. <clears throat> so Jalen Samuels, yeah, Jalen Samuels. So he's still he's still a great. I mean, that was a great landing spot for him, um, and he could he could for sure have a, a good season if if James Conner goes down. Yeah, I think McFarland's a big winner there because. So if we're kind of you know saying something about Justin Jackson not being a bell cow, Austin uh, Anthony McFarland is the same way, right? right. He's not 
you know, going to be the big back, but he's an alternate version of what they're throwing out there with James Conner, just like Josh Kelly is an alternate version of what the Chargers are throwing out there with Eckler. Um, and so I think in that sense, he'll see touches quicker than Benny Snow would. So Snow is like the true, like, oh, I'm the plotter backup. And I, you know, you can just use me whenever you need, but McFarland is going to get more touches and get more carries because he's an explosive freaky athlete. And, um, right. you know, everything that I see out of McFarland is Daryl Henderson. Um, and, 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 and actually, then, did you notice last year, the Steelers uh, picked up Kareep white, who was just blazing fast uh, satellite back. And yeah. Anthony McFarland feels like super Kareep white, like bigger and, right. uh, and, and, able to to do everything that Kareem White could do but just bigger you know yeah they they want a guy to to mix it up in there um so i yeah i, I like him a lot i think he'll, he'll be great higgins uh also a value um i think he's he may not produce right away because that's pretty uh crowded receiver core but uh, aj green's old he's gonna be out of there after this year so um I mean, if you can get T. Higgins in the second round, that's that's huge. Paired with Joe Burrow, I think he's the sky's the limit for him. Uh, year two, I mean, even he, he has potential to produce year one, but I think year two, you're really going to see uh, T. Higgins explode onto the scene. All right, let's get into our top five wide receivers real quick. He shuffled up a little bit for me, um, and probably, I mean, definitely for you as well. Uh, I still have four of my top five were in my top five. Uh, but now after the draft, I had my number five wide receiver snuck in there. Um, he was, I believe, wide receiver seven or eight for me, and he snuck into my top five after the draft. So uh, how about how about you? Has your top five, the, the names in that list, has, has that changed at all? Um, not really, actually. They all kind of rearranged. It's funny looking at that asking that question um yeah it's weird rankings are weird because i feel like there's a bunch of guys who could be top five um there's like three guys i have in my top three and then you know four through eight i have no differentiator four through ten i have no different like you know but yeah so uh so for me my top five is uh cd lamb at one Although we talked, I could switch him with Jalen Rager, but I'm, I'm going to keep him at, at wide receiver one. Jalen Rager at wide receiver two. Justin Jefferson at wide receiver three. Jerry Judy, wide receiver four. And Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver five. He, uh, I just checked my notes. He jumped uh, over Denzel Mims. I had Denzel Mims in my top five, and uh, now Brandon Ayuk jumped him. So, so that's my top five. Give us your top five here, Jetpack. Yeah, I'm a Rager one. CD Lamb two, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson three, Jerry Judy four, Henry Ruggs five. With, with most of these guys, uh, you're a little bit higher on Ruggs than I am, but uh, but the the switching of Jefferson and and Judy both did that because you see how perfectly the fit is, and you see how long term that that can be. Um, so I think that's. It's good. Although I do like Jerry Judy's talent much more. It's, it's going to be much harder. They have a very young wide receiver core and they don't throw the ball that much. So, uh, so it's, it's harder for Jerry Judy to command a, a, a huge target share. Whereas uh, Justin Jefferson, I think can, can hop in right away. And maybe it, Justin Jefferson could have the best rookie wide receiver season. He could be the number one yeah. rookie wide receiver at the end of 2020. Absolutely. But yeah, I th- so my word on Jerry Judy is very talented. Question is Drew Locke, but is Drew Locke Jameis Winston? Because if Drew Locke is Jameis Winston, like I don't care if Drew Locke is a good quarterback. I care that <laughs> I care that he has a big arm and that he's aggressive. Um, and right. and so, I mean, we could see a this is an exact this is you know too much, but Corlin Sutton is the Mike Evans, Jerry Judy is the Chris Godwin. Um. Right. That vibe is kind of where I'm headed with Jerry Judy. So I'm not fading him at all. It's just that I'm more, I feel more secure about Justin Jefferson because I feel more secure about Kirk Cousins. And I know what it means to be Stephon Diggs in that offense. Um, and, you, and you see yeah. that Thielen's essentially on his he's way little, out. He's 89, right. I think. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, he could play another five years. But, you know, yeah, the, the idea there is we, we know what the Diggs role looks like. We have no idea what, you know, it's last year. 
the, the Broncos two was irrelevant. So, right. and, and you saw um, he only so Drew Locke only averaged twenty attempts per game, uh, or sorry, uh, thirty one attempts per game, twenty completions. So it's not like he was out there tossing the rock like crazy. Um, he would have been if you project out his uh, his twenty nineteen stats over the the five game sample. You end up with just over three thousand yards, which is not enough uh, to to power multiple guys, especially having a good receiving back like Melvin Gordon, um, and then having KJ Hamler and Cortland Sutton on there. Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, uh, and uh, Albert O as well. So like that that place is just so crowded. If if they change the offense and they're like Drew Locke, you're gonna throw for four thousand plus yards. And like then, then for me the door is open. But looking at how they, how they kind of rein Drew Lock in, I'm not I'm not in love with the the way the targets are going to shake out there. So uh, so Jerry Judy definitely uh, lost a little bit there for me. Um, all right, give us your top five running backs. So I am Clyde Edwards Hilaire, RB one, Jonathan Taylor two. Uh, J.K. Dobbins three, Cam Akers four, Keyshawn Vaughn five. I so I have the exact same uh, top four. Um, John, or sorry, I, I flipped Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor one, Clyde Edwards Hilaire two, and then I have J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, and DeAndre Swift. Who's the guy that you're? I mean, we talked about Clyde. Um, Jonathan Taylor is obviously a freak athlete, and and he's running behind Quentin Nelson um, for the foreseeable future. It's a dream. It's a, it's, it's a dream. <laughs> so good. We, yeah. I love Clyde and we love Pat Mahomes and we love Andy. The situation that Jonathan Taylor has is just as good. I, I think it, and it's more just about like what format you're playing. Are you playing PPR, you know, are you playing half point or whatever? Right. Um, and Jonathan Taylor is going to come in and be the dude right away. Um, and I, I like part of why I love Jonathan Taylor's situation so much is yes, the offensive line is fantastic. Yeah, Philip Rivers needs to freaking run the ball. He's not going to be pa- they can't they can't be passing the ball. But I love what Chris the way I respect Chris Ballard so much the the coach awesome. GM and and I think that his mindset of understanding how talented and how gifted Jonathan Taylor is and how ridiculous it was that he fell this far, um, right. that he went up to go trade up for to get him. Like this is a long-term thing and they believe he can be, you know, kind of their, their, uh, Adrian Peterson, Leonard Fournette kind of guy. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited about him and I think he'll be there long-term and they can pair him with Naheem Hines and, and be just fine. So I'm not too concerned about Marlon Mack long-term at max, a very good player. Um, he's a backup to this guy. Absolutely. I think my, the guy I'm most excited about is JK Dobbins because I think his year one is going to be suspect not going to get a ton of production, but because, but I had, I had him ranked as my number two running back talent wise. Like I love JK Dobbins and I think his landing spot was perfect for him long-term. Obviously splitting the backfield with Mark Ingram was rough. I think that's, I think that was a great landing spot for JK Dobbins. You saw him uh, dominant when he was in the read option offense at Ohio state. And that's just where he lives. So uh, J.K. Dobbins is probably the guy I'm most excited to get because I think he's going to 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 drop, and I think a lot of people will actually draft Cam Akers ahead of J.K. Dobbins because of the Todd Gurley effect. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's the guy that I'm probably that I'm hoping to end up with the most of because I think okay, 2020 I'll just I'll just give him that, but I think um, 2021 he's going to be great. Uh, Ravens have an out with Mark Ingram. So, uh, so I think I think uh, J.K. Dobbins is a very, very uh, exciting prospect for me. A very exciting landing spot for me. And um, I mean, if he only gets twelve touches a game, that's that's fine. Right? That's that's plenty for him to do some damage for me uh, as a flex guy. And maybe we see a Miles Sanders type situation where you get the J.K. Dobbins has these explosive plays and uh, ends up with with uh, a good amount of fantasy points at the end of the season. Mark Ingram kind of fills the Jordan Howard role where, okay, you're not getting all of the touches you want for JK, but he's obviously the more explosive uh, of the backs and obviously the guy that you want long-term in that situation. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for is 
K Dobbins the landing spot and marking knocked him down where, where I can get him later in the first and like one Oh seven and be, be thrilled because I was willing to spend the one Oh three on him to begin with. No. Oh, Rich, so, I mean, Rich, what a fantastic comp. Like that's phenomenal. <laughs> Miles Sanders is, I think what everybody has to be hoping with him. Um, and that's the perfect situation comparison. Well, that's, that's it's, if you look at Mark Ingram, they save a ton of money by cutting him at the end of 2021. I'm not saying they will, but he's going to be 31. He's 30 this season. He's going to be 31 the following season. You could save, you could save six million bucks or whatever it is by cutting <laughs> it's him. Not very, it's not very much, but yes, <laughs> there's it, some value. Well, to it. Like that, that makes it makes a lot of sense, and it allows you to go out and put more talent around Lamar, put more talent on the defense. Um, so, and it makes it makes sense to do that from a running backs don't matter standpoint. But that's, uh, that's, I, I, we, we see so eye to eye with a lot of these things um, that it's really going to be, I mean, if you look at it, it's only one player is different in our top fives uh, for, for both wide receiver and running backs. And um, I think that me, that, that shows pretty good consensus. And I'm, I'm very, very comfortable with my rankings because of that. I'm very comfortable with my top five. Um, because I see someone that I respect so much with the exact same uh, or, or very similar rankings, and uh, and that just makes me really comfortable going into this uh, this draft. You want to talk uh, Vaughn? Go ahead, take me through Keyshawn because because he's a little bit more of a toss up for me with Ronald Jones, who uh, had a decent end of the season last year. Yeah, so. It- uh, my initial pass of Vaughn was, okay, this guy's a straight line speed winner, um, doesn't bring too much else. And then, you know, always got some good highlights against Baylor, um, kind of stood out at Vanderbilt um, in the SEC. That's okay. Um, but not a big school, nothing impressive. And then, you know, you see him land on uh, – the Buccaneers was my favorite running back spot because, I, you know, I don't think too highly of Ronald Jones – I know that whoever's going to be on the field with Brady is going to be huge value. Um, and then we all have David Johnson in the back of our minds uh, with Bruce mm-hmm. Arians. But um, so I, you know, run through second pass with Vaughn and, and I started to like him a lot more because he's much more physical than I thought he was. Um, and, you know, um, more aggressive um, in terms of who he is like on field as, and his personality, like he will um, smash dudes and he's like a, you know, smaller back. He's like 215, I think, 212 maybe. Um, and he's just like has no mercy in terms of like his stiff arm or anything like that. So guys will still get him to the ground. Um, and I think if you're going around his legs, he's not going to drive through those leg tackles. But if like an upper body tackle and you're a cornerback, he'll, he'll blow you up. And, and seeing that or being able to watch again um, what he was bringing there, I, I think – to me, that that edge is something that Ronald Jones didn't have early in his career, and his value going in or as a prospect, I think, is higher than what Ronald Jones was. Um, and so, I'm big on on Vaughn in terms of his ability to eventually win the starting role, um, just because of like who he is as an aggressive player. Um, the, the The question is really, okay, how much did Rojo improve? It, is Rojo really up to that 221 pounds that he says he was last season? And, you know, you won't see it changed in his listing of weight anywhere. Um, but he looked like he was a bit heavier. He looked like he was more um, more confident in his ability to read the offense and things like that. And so, you know, I, I think it becomes a little bit of a um, a fight early on in the, in the season and then Vaughn eventually takes over. But I I'm more confident in Vaughn than I am in DeAndre Swift versus Carrion. We talked about that a little bit, but that that's why I, I have him at five. Um, I'm not super in love, but it's one of those things where the 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 Bucks running back, you know, the idea of the Bucks like running that. back is more valuable to me than the Lions running back, and so Vaughn slides in there at five. No, that's fair, and I think um, I mean you only saw half a season of starting from Ronald Jones, but. Uh, Average four point as soon as he was a starter, he averaged over four yards a carry, um, which I'm fine with. He averaged four four point two yards per carry on the season. So, I mean, he's to me, he's fine. He's a guy that you can't get anything for him if you trade him. 
and you could hit the jackpot if you keep him. So I'm I'm willing to keep him. I'm not necessarily going to buy him because I I do think that that Keyshawn probably beats him out. But I think it's a sloppy situation at best. Um, and I I don't. It's, <clears throat> well, I have Keyshawn. Um, I think I have Keyshawn at RB six, uh, or sorry RB seven. The upside's there, but I it's just harder for me to see him. Uh, taking that path to the the RB1 um, with Ronald Jones improving last year and kind of cementing himself as the starting running back towards the end of the season. So um, he's a great, yeah, he's a great uh, buy in the second round for me, but I'm still like, I would, I would take Josh Kelly over Keyshawn Vaughn because I think that that upside's a little bit higher. Um, but, you know, he could, he could be your jackpot. If you get him in the second round, he could be a, a guy. If he takes over, that's, that's an electric offense. So, um, I got right. no problem part, with him on there. Part of why I'm attracted to him is because he's a better receiver than Rojo, and so I think he'll play on third down faster. Um, he's more natural. His hands are about the same size, and he'll have drops just like any player. Um, but Rojo, the ball kind of beats him up a little bit, and Keyshawn's much more natural. So um, I, I think he'll he'll be on the field on third down, um, and I like that. A That's lot. good. <laughs> like that a lot. That's what you want. Um, awesome. Well, we will uh, be having a rookie mock draft for next week's episode. So tune in for that one. You don't miss out. Pack, loved talking to you. I love uh, love talking to these rookies. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we are the fantasy football astronauts. We are blasting off once again.